Hi there, this is Kevin Skinner, pastor at First Baptist Church in Stockdale, Texas, and welcome to our weekly message podcast. If you live in the Stockdale area, then I would invite you to join us every Sunday morning at 11 a.m. to worship with us in person. You can also check out our webpage at fbcstockdale.org. Here at First Baptist, we are a community church with a kingdom mission, and we invite you to join us on that mission. So back in... 2012, a group was on an Icelandic tour when the tour bus stopped for a bathroom break. One of the women aboard decided to use the opportunity to to freshen up, and so she went into the restroom and she changed her clothes, and maybe she even fixed her hair and her makeup. But after returning to the bus, people didn't recognize her, and so they thought that she had gone missing. And so they organized a search party for her. And not recognizing her own description, she joined in the search party for herself. (laughs) And it wasn't until hours later that someone that was searching, not even her, someone that was searching realized that the lady they were searching for had been with them the entire time. And the search was called off. Now, I realize that this story sounds almost satirical, but, but it's a true story. This really did Happen, And it's amazing to me that this lady did not recognize her own description. So as we begin 2022 together, what I want to do is I want to take a look at what describes us here at First Baptist Church Stockdale. We are a community church with a kingdom mission. And what that, this means is that we are located within the community of Stockdale but we are also a community of believers. We are a body of believers. And within this community of believers, we are not trying to set up individual kingdoms for ourselves. And we're not trying to grow the kingdom of First Baptist Church Stockdale. Rather, we have a mission that is rooted in, that is centered in his word and his kingdom. You see, our kingdoms are always temporary, but God's kingdom is eternal. And so as a community of believers, we want to be on mission for his kingdom. And so the the kingdom mission that this body of believers has, has adopted is to love, to grow, to serve, and to go. Now... As we think about a community of believers, as we think about a a church body, a a church is made up of many members, which means a church is made up of many different people. Some of you are kind of funny, right? Some of you are kind kind of strange. Some of you are more serious. A church is made up of many different people. We all have our own families. We go to our own homes. Sometimes we have our own ideas. But, but as we come together as a church body, we are not called to operate separate for, from one another. We are called to come together, to work together, to move in the same direction together. So let me pause right here and, and give you this one overarching truth that, that's going to uh, be reminded each and every week. I'm going to remind you of this truth each and every week. As a church... It is Christ who unites us. And it is a mission that is rooted and grounded not in our own ideologies, but in his word and in 
his kingdom that moves us forward in one direction together. And so as we think about the kingdom mission here at First Baptist Church Stockdale, if we were to look at these four things as descriptors, to love, to grow, to serve, and to go. The, the question is, is that if you were to hear these descriptions outside of the context of this church this morning, would you recognize these descriptions as this church? And, and not simply because you've heard them before, not simply because I've told you these words before, but would you recognize these descriptions because you see that in our attitudes and our actions in our lifestyles that that we are reflecting these descriptions as a church corporately and as individuals are we reflecting these words in our lives to love to grow to serve and to go and just to to be honest and i think it's always good to be honest right <laughs> Why lie, right? So just to be honest, I think that, that there are some, some areas where, where we're really strong, where we're doing a great job reflecting these words, this mission. But, but I think that also uh, there, there are some areas that we're, we're a little bit weaker in, some areas that we can grow, some areas that we can be strengthened in our Mission, And so it's my desire that as we grab hold of God's word and as we pursue his kingdom together, that we would be conformed into his image, but that we would be strengthened in who God has called us to be as a church and who we are as First Baptist Church Stockdale and as believers. So if you have your Bibles, you can turn with me to Deuteronomy chapter 6. We're going to look at verses 1 through 9 today. Deuteronomy 6 verses 1 through 9. And as you're turning there, let me just say this about the, the book of Deuteronomy. The book of Deuteronomy begins with, with some reminders of God's promises, but also of Israel's disobedience. If you remember, God brought the people of Israel up out of slavery, brought them out of Egypt, and he brought them to the promised land. But because of their own fears and doubts, the people of Israel refused to go into the promised land. And so what we see happen then is that they begin to wander in the wilderness for 40 years. An entire generation has to die off before they're able to enter into the promised land. But, but despite their past disobedience, what we see in the book of Deuteronomy is that in God's great love and in his great grace... God gives them opportunities for new obedience. God continues to give commands to the people of Israel, giving them the opportunity to obey him once again. So let me pause right here and say this. Previous failures don't have to prevent present obedience. Previous failures don't have to prevent present obedience. You see, as humans, we have a tendency to allow previous failures to dictate our present actions. Today is January 16th, which means that some of you are still trying really hard to keep those New Year's resolutions, and some of you are completely off the rails already, right? What is a New Year's resolution? So 
I, I can say this because, one, I do the same thing, but two, we've been down this road before, pretty much at the same time last year, right? So what happens is we set a resolution for ourselves. Let's say that at the end of 2021, your resolution was a diet in the new year, one of the most popular resolutions. I'm going to eat right and lose some weight in the new year, but a few days in, man, that cheeseburger looks really good, right? And so we mess up. And then a, a few days later, man, some cheese enchiladas from Sylvia's would really hit the spot right now. I, I'm just speaking from the heart right now, right? Amen. And, and so we, we mess up again. And, and we do that a few times, and then we're just like, you know what, I guess, I guess I'm not even going to try on this resolution anymore. What, what we're doing is we're allowing previous failures to dictate our present actions, but here's the deal. When it, when it comes to our relationship with God, as believers, previous failures don't have to prevent present obedience. You may have sinned yesterday. That doesn't mean that you have to make that same choice and sin today. Rather, in Christ, as believers, every single day is a brand new opportunity to walk in obedience. Every single day is a new opportunity to turn from those previous failures in Christ and in his strength and to choose to walk in obedience. And so as you examine your own heart and life, maybe you would say, man, I, I am just trapped in, in some previous failures. Or, or maybe you would say, I'm currently walking in disobedience. There is some active disobedience in my life that, that I know is holding me back in my relationship with God. To you, I would say, if that's where you find yourself today, don't allow for your current failures or your previous failures to prevent you from choosing to walk in obedience. Turn from those things, not in your own strength, but in his strength. Listen, if you continue to try to overcome those things in your own strength, you're going to continue to fail. But if you will, if you will turn to him and... and and find your strength in him, it's then that you will be able to find yourself walking in obedience. So, so release those things over the Lord so that you can begin walking in obedience today. Now, as we turn our focus back to the mission here at First Baptist Church Stockdale, as I've already said, there are some things that, that we are weaker in. But, but previous failures don't have to prevent present obedience. And so maybe as we look at the past, we would say, yeah, over the last few years, maybe we've gotten a little lazy. Maybe we've gotten a little lax in some of these areas of our mission statement. That's okay. We are not looking backwards right now. We are looking forward as a church. And, and we are saying we are going to fulfill what God has called us to as a church going forward. We're going to walk in obedience today. And so today and next Sunday, what we're doing is we're looking at that first word, love. We were supposed to spend three weeks on that, but I got sick last week. So we're going to look at love today. We're going to look at love again next week. And as we look at God's word, and specifically today as we look at Deuteronomy chapter 6, we're going to see specifically in what ways God has called us to love so let's look at Deuteronomy chapter 6, verses 1 through 9. It says, This is the command, the statutes and ordinances. 
The Lord your God has commanded me to teach you so that you may follow them in the land you are about to enter and possess. Do this so that you may fear the Lord your God all the days of your life by keeping all his statutes and commands I'm giving you, your son and your grandson, and so that you may have a long life. Listen, Israel, and be careful to follow them so that you may prosper and multiply greatly because the Lord, the God of your fathers, has promised you a land flowing with milk and honey. Listen, Israel, the Lord our God, the Lord is one. Love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, and with all your strength. These words that I'm giving you today are to be in your heart. Repeat them to your children. Talk about them when you sit in your house and when you walk along the road, when you lie down and when you get up. Bind them as a sign on your hand and let them be a symbol on your forehead. Write them on the doorposts of your house and on your city gates. Now, as we look at verses 4 through 9, verses 4 through 9 in our passage are, are very significant verses for practicing Jews. Practicing Jews know these verses as the Shema. The Shema is something that, that practicing Jews will recite two times a day. Now, they call it the Shema because the Shema or Shema in Hebrew means hear. And this is really how this passage starts out. Verse 4 says, hear Israel. Now, the CSB that I'm reading for translate, reading from translates it as, listen, Israel. And, and really, both translations are good because God's heart in this is that we would both hear and listen to this command. This is what I mean by this. So before I was in ministry, I worked in the business world. And, and so when I was working in the business world, I worked on a floor that was just filled with cubicles. And those cubicles were filled with customer service representatives, meaning that they were on the phone almost all day long. And so I got used to just hearing all of this background noise, hearing all of these conversations, but I didn't listen to all of that. I would just kind of drown out all of that noise as I did my own work. As we look at this command... God's desire is that we would both hear and listen to this command, that it wouldn't just be something that we hear in the background, that we just kind of drown out as we go on about our daily business, but that we would listen to it, that we would apply it to our lives, that we would, we would, we would allow for this command to be something that, that impacts every single thing that we do each and every day. So as we look at our passage today, there are three things that I want you to see. First, we see a clear distinction. We see a clear distinction. What does verse four say again? It says, the Lord our God, the Lord is one. There's a clear distinction here for us. There is only one God and one God alone. Now, this was specifically important for the Jews at that time because many of the, the people groups that surrounded the Jews were polytheistic, meaning that they worshipped many different gods. And so God gives them this clear distinction. There are not many, but there is only one true God. There are not many gods, but there is only one true God. Just like the Jews lived in a world that, where they were surrounded with people that worshipped many different gods, we live in a world 
surrounded by people that, that worship many different things and many different gods. And there's a call on our lives to also worship all of those different things. So would you be reminded of this truth today? Would you be renewed in this truth today? There are not many, but there's only one true God. To be a member here at First Baptist Church Stockdale and to be a Christian, to be a believer, is to ascribe to this truth that there are not many gods that we give our worship to. There's only one true God. There's one God alone, and he has eternally revealed himself to us through the Trinity, the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Now, the idea of the Trinity, which is very clear in Scripture, we see it very clearly, especially when Jesus is baptized. The heavens open up, the, the, dove, the Holy Spirit descends on Jesus like a dove, and, and the Father speaks from heaven, this is my Son in whom I'm well pleased. We see the Trinity very clearly in Scripture. Understand, the idea of the Trinity does not conflict with, with this statement that God makes, that, that there is only one true God. In fact, the Hebrew word that is used here for the word one is a word that has an, an idea of compound unity. It's the same word that is used uh, in Scripture to describe a husband and a wife becoming one flesh. It's also used uh, back in the book of Genesis for day one. There was morning, there was evening on the first day, on day one. And so we see this idea of compound unity, that, that there's a man and a woman, yet, yet in marriage they become one. There's morning, there's evening, there's everything in between, and yet they all make up one day. And so, so God says here, there is only one God. The Lord is one, and he has revealed himself to us. In his oneness, he has revealed himself to us as the Father, as the Son, and as the Holy Spirit. And so as he gives this clear distinction, he, that, there is, that there are not many gods, that he is not made up of many gods, that there is only one God, it is a call for the people of Israel, it is a call for us to give our worship, to give our devotion, our allegiance, not to the things of this world, not to the gods of other people, but to give our love, our worship, and our devotion to him and him alone. But this distinction that, that there's only one God also is a call for the Israelites to turn from any false idols that they might have. If you remember, the Israelites had a history of creating for themselves false idols. If you go back to the book of Exodus, when Moses has gone up on the mountain to receive the Ten Commandments, they, they create for themselves this golden calf. And sometimes you miss this in that passage, but what Aaron says in Exodus 32, 5, as they bring this golden calf forward, he says, there will be a festival to the Lord tomorrow. And the word he uses for Lord there is the name for God, Yahweh. And so what he's saying is they're going to bring this false idol into their worship of the one true God. And so God gives this reminder here. As he says, there is only one God he gives this reminder, we cannot worship both God and other things. 
We cannot worship both God and other things. Would you be reminded of that today? Because there are many things in this world, not just many false gods, but there are many false idols in this world that we give our worship over to each and every day, whether it's success, whether it's fame, whether it's social media, whether it's just self. There are many different idols that we, we give our worship over to. And so would you be reminded, we cannot worship both God and other things. There's only one God and one God alone, and our worship is for him. So we see a clear distinction. Second, we see a command. Let's look at verse 5 again. It says, love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, and with all your strength. Now, as we think about this command... That, that God gives to the people of Israel in verse 5. What I want to do is highlight for you the first four words in verse 1. In verse 1, we read this. This is the command. This is the command. Now, in chapter 5, Moses reminds the people of Israel of the Ten Commandments. But then here in chapter 6, in verse 1, he says, this is the command. This is the overarching command that all of your obedience to all of the other commands is going to hinge from. It's going to hinge on this command. If you can get this command right, then, then everything else will flow from this command to love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, and with all your strength. Now, as we look at our mission statement here at First Baptist Church Stockdale, this is where our mission statement begins, to love and as we think about that word love, in our mission statement, we are, we are called to love God and to love others. We're not just saying that we're going to love anything and everything. We are saying that here at First Baptist Church Stockdale, we are going to love God and love others. And it's important that we start here with love for God. Because if we are going to walk in the rest of our mission statement to grow, to serve, and to go, it's going to hinge on our love for God. Amen. If we're going to do anything else in this church, it's going to hinge on whether or not we love God and whether or not we love God alone. So this is the command. This is the command that Jesus would go on to say is the greatest commandment. It's not our ability to not murder which I hope none of y'all are doing, right? It's not our ability to honor our mother and father. It, it, it's not our ability to keep the Sabbath day holy that is going to cause us to walk in obedience to everything else. It is this command right here. This is the command that is of utmost importance in our lives, to love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, and with all your strength. Now let me tell you what, what this means with all your heart, with all your soul, and with all your strength, let me tell you what this means. It means that we are to love God with an unrestrained love. We are to love God with an unrestrained love. Our, our heart describes our emotions. Our soul describes who we are as a person. And our strength is everything we, are, we can give. We are to love God with an unrestrained love. We are to hold nothing back, and we are to let nothing hold us back. And so the question this morning is, what's holding you back? 
Is there something in your life that's holding you back from giving all of your love to God? Maybe it's pride. Maybe it's anger. Maybe it's past hurts. Maybe it's doubts. Maybe it's fears. Maybe it's false gods or false idols in your life. What is holding you back from giving all of your love over to the Lord? And if there is something that's holding you back, as you recognize that thing, let me just tell you, it's not worth it. It's not worth it. What you can receive in God, what you can receive in that love relationship with God is far greater than you can receive from anything in this world. It's not worth it. Lay that thing down so that you might walk in an unrestrained love with God. Now, here's the beauty about God. While many times we may hold back, God held nothing back in his love for us. He sent his son, Jesus Christ, into this world to die on the cross for your sins and for mine. There's no greater act of love than total and complete self-sacrifice, and this is what God did for us in going to the cross. And so while our love at times may be restrained, God's love certainly is not. God has proven his unrestrained love for us. And so when God calls us to an unrestrained love, he's not calling us to something that he has not already modeled for us. And so we look to the example of his love, and it's his love that compels us, that motivates us to love him with an unrestrained love. So we see a clear distinction. We see a command. Finally, this morning, we see a call. And this call can really be split into three parts. First, we see a call to talk about our love for God. First, we see a call to talk about our love for God. Let's look at verses 6 through 7 again. It says, The words that I'm giving you today are to be in your heart. Repeat them to your children. Talk about them when you sit in your house and when you walk along the road, when you lie down and when you get up. Now again, this this call is truly a response to, to our love for God, the love that we already have for him. Because here's the reality. What we love, we talk about. What we love, we talk about. So... In my years up at First Baptist Wataga, our pastor loved many different things, two of which were baseball and hunting. And I always knew what season it was based on what he was in my office talking about. During baseball season, he was coming in and he was talking about the players. He was talking about the the games that he was going to, the, the games he was watching on TV. He was telling me everything that he could about baseball. During hunting season, he was in my office talking about the animals that he was hunting, the, the, maybe the traps he was setting, the ammo he was using. He, he was telling me everything that he could about his hunting trips. What we love, we talk about. And so we have this command to love God, but then we have this very natural call. Talk about it. If you love God, Talk about your love for God. Talk about your love for God in your home. Talk about your love for God with your children. Listen, we are teaching our children many different things every single day. We teach them sports. We teach them uh, the importance of school and education. We teach them how to cook, how to clean. 
We teach them things every single day. Let's make sure that we are teaching them the most important thing, and that is to love the one true God. So let's talk about our love for God at home, but let's also talk about our love for God just when we're going about our daily business, when we're at work, when we're out and about. Let's let our lives and our conversations be filled with our love for God. And listen, this is a natural overflow of the love that we already have for him because what we love, we talk about. Here's the awesome thing for us as believers. It may not always be baseball season and it may not always be hunting season, but it is always the right season to love God and to talk about our love for God. And so as we think about our mission here at First Baptist Church Stockdale, understand that here at First Baptist Church, our conversations are going to be filled with our love for God. That means that every single time that we come together for a worship service, when we come together on Wednesday nights, when we get together for events, it is out of our love for God. And so we're going to have this overflow of, of our love for God each and every time we get together. But, but it's not just something that we want to do within these walls. As members here at First Baptist Church Stockdale, I'm telling you that we are called to take this love for God outside of these walls, that, that we are going to live with this love for God even when we're not in this building, that we're going to live with this love for God, that we're going to talk about our love for God in our community and in our world. So we see this call to, to talk about our love for God. Second, we see a call to remind ourselves of this command to love God. Let's look at verse 8 again. Speaking again of the, the, this command, it says, Bind them as a sign on your hand and let them be a symbol on your forehead. So upon receiving this command, what, what the Israelites did is they created for themselves these boxes called phylacteries. And they would wear these boxes on their foreheads or on their arms. And, and inside these boxes were, were a they would put a scroll with these words from, from the Shema, from verses 4 through 9. And so two times a day, they open up the, this box, they pull out the scroll, and they, they read this command to be reminded of this command. Now, here, here was the problem with, with some of the Israelites, with the Pharisees. Jesus actually rebukes them in the New Testament because what they did was they started creating these giant boxes, large phylacteries on their arms and foreheads, not so that they could be reminded of this command, but so that they could be seen by others. So that others would say, man, look how holy they are. Look how spiritual they are. And so really this, this wasn't done out of a love for God. This was done out of a love for self. And so Jesus rebukes them because while, while they may have had this command to love God written on their scrolls, it clearly had not taken root in their hearts. Here's the truth of the matter. God's desire, as we are reminded of his commands, God's desire isn't for his word to remain within the pages of this book here. Rather, his desire is that his word would take root in our hearts. Because it's when God's word takes root in our hearts, it's when we allow for it to come off the pages, it's when we allow for it to get into our hearts and lives 
that it begins to transform us. Listen, the gospel is good news for us. But if we just allow the gospel, the good news to stay in these pages, it doesn't do us any good. The gospel only transforms us when we allow for it to come out of the pages of the book and into our heart and our lives. This is God's desire for us. And so we see this call that we would be reminded of this command, that this command might take root in our hearts and in our lives. Third, we see a call to surround ourselves and to dwell in these truths. Let's look at verse 9 again. It says, write them on the doorposts of your house and on your city gates. So upon receiving this command, the Israelites, just like they had these phylacteries that they would wear on their bodies, they had these boxes called mezuzahs that they would nail to their doorposts. And in, in these mezuzahs, they would put the scrolls again with the Shema written on it. And so they would... They would pause and they would take this scroll out and they would read this scroll. But again, God's desire wasn't to create more religious practices for them. His desire is that their homes would be defined by this command, this love for God. That's what God desires for us, that the place that we call home, the place that we reside in, that it would be defined by our love for him. And as we think about being a member here at First Baptist Church Stockdale, if you call First Baptist Church Stockdale your church home, understand First Baptist Church Stockdale is going to be defined by our love for God. God gives us this great command. And as we recognize this great command, everything else from this command will follow and we want to be defined by our love for God here at First Baptist Church Stockdale because this is who we are. If you're here today and you would say you've never given your life to Christ, that your life is not defined by his love, then I want to give you the opportunity to respond this morning. And so in just a moment, we're going to sing another song. And as we sing this song, this is going to be your opportunity to respond. And if that's you today, if you would say, man... My life is not filled with a love for God because I have never received his love into my life. I've never turned from my sins. I've never allowed for Jesus to be my Lord. But today you're ready to do that. Then I would invite you to respond. As we sing this song, step out of your seat and come and talk to me down here. And if that's you, then let me just say this. Don't let anything hold you back. But give your unrestrained love to God just as he has given his unrestrained love to you. And you will find no greater thing as you give your life over to him. And so if you need to respond to give your life to Christ, then I would invite you to respond during this song. Maybe you're here today and you would say you've given your life to Christ, but maybe there's some other stuff that you're going through. Maybe there's some idols that you need to lay down. Listen, you can confess those things to God right where you're at. But if you need someone to pray with you, then I'd be happy to do that. Maybe you're here and you would say you've given your life to Christ, but you've never taken that next step of baptism. Listen, if we're going to love God, we're going to obey God. That's part of what love does. Love obeys. And so if you've given your life to Christ, but you've never taken that next step of baptism,
then I would encourage you, walk in obedience. Take that step. Let's make that commitment together today. Maybe you're here today and you would say you've given your life to Christ and you've been baptized. You've been visiting First Baptist Church Stockdale and as we've talked about who we are as a church, you know that God's calling you to make this your church home. If that's you, then I would invite you to respond as well. We can talk, we can pray, and today you can become a member here at First Baptist Church. Whatever it is that God's calling you to do in these final moments, let me just encourage you to respond obediently. Would you stand with me right now and let's go to the Lord in prayer together. Thanks for listening to our weekly message podcast. At the end of every service, I offer an invitation to respond, and I'd like to invite you to respond today. If you'd like to make Jesus Christ your Lord, or if you'd like information about membership here at First Baptist Stockdale, then head on over to fbcstockdale.org respond. Your response will come directly to me, and I'll follow up with you this week. God bless you, and have a great week.